Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. All right, all right. Hey, let's, uh, we're going to dive in together in our message today. So let me ask you this question. How many of you are on Instagram? Now, I don't mean right this second, you know, hopefully, but, but you're on it. You know, like you do Instagram, right? Well, so I got to tell you, I'm actually on it. Uh, well, not, that's not really totally true. I have an account, um, but I really have it just to follow my kids, follow the church. And through that, I kind of now I'm actually following some surfers and all sorts of things and just kind of got wrapped up in it just a little bit, but not too much. But here's a problem I've discovered with Instagram. Maybe you figure this out too. I've discovered that there are all these cool places, vacation type places that I've never been to. There's all these people that I don't have relationships with. And there's all these possessions or items or things that I don't have. There's this Instagram account called Preacher's Sneakers. Again, don't go on it right now. But it shows all these preachers wearing $700, $1,000, $1,800 sneakers. And one preacher that I actually like that a lot of us have heard before, he had on these Jordans. They were Jordan 1 Retro High Union Los Angeles Blue Toes that sell for $2,500. I'm like, wow, uh, looking down at my shoes. That account also shows pastors with with some of these pastors with their fancy clothes. And one pastor preached in, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this name because I didn't look it up, but one pastor pastor preached in a Supreme X Louis V, whatever those numbers are, but Supreme X Louis V Jacquard Denim Parka valued at $10,000. Now, we can go all down all sorts of paths with everything I just said. We're not going to go down that path. I want to stay focused here because what I've discovered is that the more time I spend on Instagram, the more and more discontent I find myself with my life and with what I have. Why is that? Well, for starters, every time I go on Instagram, I'm watching the highlight reel of somebody else's life, right? We're watching the best of the best of what they have, and they're always trying to look their best. And so everything is filtered and cropped and touched up. It's perfect. In fact, Khloe Kardashian recently threatened legal action because an unedited photo of hers got released onto social media. Now, the great thing about Instagram is if you'll pause to think about it, it's a constant reminder to, it's really a constant reminder that there's no win in comparison. I mean, if you really think about it, there's absolutely no one wins when we compare. And the reason I talk about this is because we're in this series, Who's in Charge? And it's a series about you and I learning to identify and then to say no to these emotions that creep up and come into our life and they try to seek control of our lives. And Jesus said these emotions that you and I have, and there's a lot of them, he said these emotions that we have, they reflect the condition of our heart. And he also said our words, the things we say and then the deeds we do reflect what's going on inside of us, reflects our heart. 
And even though you and I have all learned to monitor our behavior, and we've learned that so we can function in society, so that we can live, Jesus wants us to do more than just monitor our behavior. He wants us to check our hearts, to monitor our hearts. Proverbs 4 says it this way, to guard our hearts, because everything flows from it. Because what's inside of us, it eventually comes out. And it has the potential to put us at odds with God, especially if it's something in our life, words or actions that put us at odds with other people. So we want to get rid of all that stuff. We want to cleanse our hearts. We want to purify our hearts on the inside. We want to purify our minds. That's really what this series is all about. This week, we're looking at something that just might be the ugliest thing inside of us that keeps you know, coming after us, and it hurts us, and it hurts other people. And that is envy, or another word we could say is jealousy. I was thinking about that, man, you know, we, we could change the name of Instagram to insta-envy, right, or, or insta-jealousy. King Solomon, who was the wisest person to ever live outside of Jesus, he just laid it out there for us. And notice what he says, Proverbs 14, he says it this way, envy rots the bone. Say the word rots, rots. Even when you say it, it's a bad, like it rots the bones. Another translation says, envy eats you up. It eats you up. In other words, when you or I are envious, when we're focused on what somebody else has or what they've done or what they have or, or maybe looking at their kids that they've raised or how smart their kids are or grandkids or, or how cool their car is or their house is or how cool their retro Jordan run, Union High, blah, blah, blue toe, blah. You know, we look at all that. Psalm says, don't kid yourself. The consequences of jealousy, of envy, of seeking after that, which somebody else has, it's going to rot your bones. It'll eat you up. And here's why. It leaves you competing. It leaves you in competition with that other person. And the reality is they don't even know there's a competition going on. You're the only one who knows that's happening. And so as we strive so hard to find that, whatever that is, something that, you know, maybe cooler than what we have or to live in a better, cooler place or to be smarter or to do better or perform better. And, and we're doing that as we're trying to compete with somebody else. Here's what happens when we do this and we go after this and we live this way. It'll end up making us arrogant if we're successful. And we kind of say, yep, I showed them or I beat them. Or it'll make us depressed and we'll despise them because we couldn't get there, because we couldn't measure up, because we fell short. There is no upside to envy. Listen, you don't, I don't, we don't want envy to be in charge of us. We don't want envy to be the boss of us. It rots your bones. It ruins your relationships. It makes you and I a terrible parent, a terrible friend, a terrible child, a terrible boss, a terrible employee, a terrible co-worker. But here's the great news, and that's what we're looking at today. Solomon is going to give us a way forward. Solomon is going to help us in this journey. Solomon is going to show us a path forward so that we can monitor our hearts so that envy doesn't have to be in charge of us. 
that it doesn't have to be the boss of us. Solomon's going to give you and I a place where we can go when our hearts, when our minds, when it starts drifting towards envy, when we get wrapped up in comparing or being discontent or we get jealous, whatever word you want to use, when you find yourself drifting in that direction, Solomon's going to give us a word picture that's going to help us regain our balance. Because remember we said, when these emotions, when they start taking over, when they start being in charge of us, being the boss of us, it ends up causing problems because we end up losing our balance. And when we lose our balance, when we're thrown off balance, it can put us at odds with God because oftentimes when we lose our balance in all of this, we end up being at odds with other people. And God says, you're at odds with me if you're at odds with other people. So when envy lifts up its ugly head and we recognize it, what do we want to say? It's what we've been saying for the last couple of weeks. We want to just say this, envy, you're not in charge of me. Envy, you're not the boss of me. Envy, you are not in charge. So let's check out what Solomon says. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. You can go on your phone, the Youth Version Bible app. You can go to a physical Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And he's going to tell us this in, in chapter 4, verse 4, he's going to say this. He, say, he says this, he says, I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. Say the word envy. All the toil, all our achievements spring from one person's envy of another. I find that interesting. The same thing that's happening today in our world was happening, you know, three, 4,000 years ago. It's just human nature that everybody determines where they are based on where other people are. We all size our life up based on where the life of other people are at. We compare ourselves to those around us, which until the modern era, was primarily focused on your local community, right? You might compare yourself to the farmer down the street. But in the modern era, we have TV, we have worldwide news, we have social media, we have movies. And so now our comparison, it's no longer just local, it's now global. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 4, I saw all that toil and all that achievement spring from one person's envy of another. And then he says this about it. This is meaningless. What a waste to want what another has. It's no good. It's meaningless. And then he's going to give us this word picture. And I hope we grab a hold of this phrase that I hope this will help us moving forward, that it actually becomes part of our vocabulary. Not just today, not just for a week, but actually part of your life so that envy does not be in charge of us. He says, all this effort to go after and to pursue what another person have, he says, this is meaningless in fact, he says this, it's like what? What's the word? It's like, it's like chasing after the wind. There's the phrase, chasing after the wind. Chasing after the wind. Think of the imagery here. Having envy is like chasing after the wind. In other words, uh, it's endless. You're never going to reach it. There's no finish line. There's no ultimate satisfaction. There's no contentment. It's like this unquenchable thirst or appetite. There's no peace for us as we chase after envy or chase after the wind. Want to know why? 
Because there's always an er. There's always an er. There's no peace for you and I because what he has is newer, better, bigger, smarter, bolder. It's just chasing the wind. If we have that envy in us, if it's in charge of us, or if it's trying to take charge of us, and we chase the er, it will never end. We will never catch it, which means no peace, no satisfaction, no contentment. In fact, we can't even enjoy our own accomplishments that we actually do. Why? Because there's somebody else accomplishing more and bigger, better, smarter, whatever it is. Dissatisfaction, I guarantee you, that is the result if you are chasing the wind. Always dissatisfied. So when your emotions head in the direction of er, that's when it's time to step back and say, no, 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 envy, I see it. I see it's coming. You're not in charge of me. I'm not chasing the wind. I'm not going after it. Envy, jealousy, discontentment, uh, all of that. You're not in charge of me. That's sideways energy. It's a waste of my time. Now, just to be clear, let me throw a little caveat here. Solomon is not giving an invitation to passivity. Okay, some of us might think, oh, cool. I, just, I guess I'll just kind of sit around and do nothing. This isn't sit around and do nothing. Solomon accomplished more in his life than anybody had during the time that he was alive. In fact, he goes on and addresses this thought that you might have had in verse 5. And he says, fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. He says, being non-productive, that's not the answer. Sitting back doing nothing isn't the answer. That just makes you a fool, Solomon says. And then Solomon says something that's just absolutely brilliant. It's so insightful as he brings all this together. And I love this. He says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6. He says this, better one handful, say one. Better one handful with tranquility. Then two handfuls, say two. Better, better, uh, better one handful with tranquility than, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. It's better to have one handful with what you were designed to do, what you were created for, and then to have two handfuls where one of those handfuls is stressing you out. And it's causing you to keep trying and going after someone or something else that you can't keep up with anyway. He says at the end of the day, tranquility. Even if you have how much? One. Even if you have less. is better than having more. And losing your peace. And losing your tranquility. I would even just say it this way. And losing your mind. Losing your sense of self. Better is one handful with tranquility. Now, what is tranquility? Tranquility, what does that mean? I like what some translations say. It, calls, it uses the word quietness. Quietness of the spirit. In other words, there's peace, there's contentment, there's satisfaction. It's going home at the end of the day and saying, you know what? I did the best that I can do today and I'm good with it. I'm good with that, 
It's laying my head down on the pillow at night, knowing that I have peace because I'm not stressed out trying to be somebody else or chase what somebody else has. I'm not trying to accomplish more than God wants me to accomplish. I'm accomplishing what God has for me, and I'm going after what God has for me, what God has designed me for, and what God has created me for. But chasing, 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 it just leaves us wanting more. We've used this concept, this language before, uh, never fully and finally satisfied. Appetites are that way, right? Envy is the same way. Envy is never fully and finally satisfied. It's chasing the point, the, the, the wind. His point is simply this, less is actually more when it leads to contentment. Less is more when it leads to your peace when your quietness of spirit leads to tranquility because the result is peace, peace with yourself and peace and harmony with those around you, those who are the most important to you. Better, one handful of peace and quietness and tranquility than two handfuls where you're striving after and you're chasing the wind. And I got to tell you, the more you chase after this, there does come a point where you get so exhausted, it overtakes you. There could be terms, people use different terms out there. You burn out. You, you lose it. You go find yourself. And on and on and on it goes. In fact, I would suggest this, because this is so exhausting, some of us just on a social media level, it's probably better that we're not on social media because we know ourselves and we find ourselves comparing and we find ourselves saying, as we look at the highlights of everybody else's life, man, I'm a loser. Man, my spouse, my kids, my job, where I live, who I know, who I hang out with. They're all a bunch of losers. Now, you may not use that word loser, but if you find yourself going down this path in comparison, in comparison com comparing, if you're doing that, I would suggest to you that anything that stirs up discontentment, it's just better to remove it out of your life. Better to get rid of it because I can tell you this, even though some of us are feeling, no, 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 I can handle it. I can handle it. Well, I, Solomon would disagree. Many people who have gone before us would disagree. Oh, well, I'll just focus on it less. Some of you might be able to do that, but the majority of us can't. Now, Solomon isn't done. Give that up. Whatever's causing the envy and the discontentment and the lack of peace, give that up. Don't chase it anymore. So if that means unsubscribe, if that means change that, go there, do this, get rid of that, whatever it takes. And then he's not done and he says this. I love it. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse seven, he says this. Again, I, and he just keep going on with this. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. What's meaningless? There was a man 
all alone. He had neither son nor brother, which in that time, that context, that culture, a woman couldn't inherit what you had. And so he didn't have a son or a brother to pass his inheritance on. And it Solomon says there was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Some translations say this, there was no end to his labor. He never stopped working to get more. He just kept going and working and doing more and more and more and going after and chasing and chasing and chasing. Fortunately, the guy stops and asks a question. It's a question that you and I would all do well to stop and ask ourselves. Verse 8, he says, for who am I toiling? Why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? What's really driving me? What am I trying to prove? And who am I trying to prove it to? And these are questions that all of us would do well to slow down from time to time, to ask ourselves, oh, well, you know, I'm doing this for the family, really. Are the kids standing at the door every morning pushing you out saying, okay, dad, another 14 hour day. All right, dad, I'll see you tomorrow morning for two seconds. And I know you'll miss my games and I know you won't be a part of my life and all that. But go, dad, I know you're doing it for the family. Now, maybe some of you are. Fair enough. But maybe for some of us, there's more going on. Why are you really doing it? What are you really striving for? For whom am I competing? For whom am I toiling, Solomon says. For some, it's a person that isn't even alive anymore. You don't want to admit it. You don't want to talk about it. You don't even want to think about it. But the reality is you've been striving and you've been toiling and you've been working for their approval. You've been jealous for that pat on the head that says, well done. That well done you never received. You're jealous maybe for something you don't have. And so you've given up one handful of tranquility for two handfuls of striving and chasing after the wind. Who am I doing this for? And then the next question, verse 8, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? Have you ever come to the realization in your life, oh my goodness, I'm not even enjoying what I have? Have you ever been there? Have you ever found yourself saying, I don't even stop long enough to use that old phrase to what? Smell the roses. I mean, I love my kids but I just don't get to spend time with them. I, I love my job, but, but it's overwhelmed and consumed me. I love my spouse, but I don't see them enough. I'm chasing, 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 toiling, and going after what I don't have. And the reality is I'm not enjoying anything. I'm not enjoying my life. I'm not enjoying what God has given me that's right around me right now. And, and Solomon says, verse 8, that too is meaningless. Listen to this. He says, it's meaningless. It's a what? It's a miserable business. In other words, chasing after all that stuff, it's only leading you one place to misery. misery. You'll be miserable. You can check the boxes. You can accomplish everything on your to-do list. You can graduate top of your class, get the raise, get the promotion, get the house, get the living location, get the award. But inside, you know, you're miserable. 
Because you've been driving and driving and chasing and chasing. And you may not even be aware of what's causing it. Man, church, you and I, you will never be what you were born to be as long as you're chasing, as long as you're chasing the wind, as long as you're looking over your shoulder or looking forward to what somebody else has. You'll never experience God's purpose and purposes for your life when you're distracted by God's purposes for somebody else's life. You'll never get there. It's miserable business, but imagine, imagine, imagine if you and I would begin to run our race, to get in our lane, in our race, and stop focusing on what others are doing, running our race, the race that God has before us. And if you will run the race that God has for you, I want to tell you something, it's incredibly liberating. It frees you up. You begin to have that tranquility. You begin to have that peace, that contentment, knowing I'm running the race God has for me. I know I don't have it figured out 100%. I'm still working on this because, you know, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak on this side of heaven. And so every time it creeps up, I'm like, God, help me. God, show me. If I sense in this, my spirit that it's creeping its ugly head up, if I sense that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and telling me, Chris, you're getting sucked in, you're getting sucked in, then I say, God, give me the strength. Envy, envy, you are not in charge of me. Envy, I'm not going there. Jealousy, I'm not going there. You're not the boss of me. Here's Solomon's perspective on this in totality. I only gave you part of the verse which says, envy rot your bones. Here's the first part. A heart at peace gives life. Say the word life. A heart at peace, quietness, tranquility, knowing who you are and who God made you to be in running your race. A heart at peace gives you life. But envy rots the bones. You cannot win by chasing the wind. You cannot win in your life by chasing the wind. What somebody else has, what somebody else has been given, who God has made them. Stay in your lane. Because if you stay in your lane, you can accomplish more and do more for God and his kingdom and for others than you ever could when you're chasing, chasing, chasing. Because here's the problem with chasing. When you're chasing what, what everybody else has, your focus is on yourself. And when I'm focused on myself, I don't see the needs of others. So God says, get out of that lane. Get in your lane. And every time envy declare, rears up its head, you say, envy, you are not in charge of me. I will not chase the wind. Envy, you're not the boss of me. I will not chase the wind. So right now, as we get ready to spend a moment, each of us, talking to the Lord, God is going to invite you, I invite you, the Holy Spirit invites you, God invites you to ask this question. Ask him to reveal it to you. Is there some area of your life where envy is in charge of you? Or it's sure trying and you let it in too often. So let's talk to God about that right now. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. God, we don't want to keep chasing the wind. God, we don't want to just keep being miserable and rotting on the inside. God, we want quietness, peace, tranquility, contentment, 
And so, God, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit does a little surgery in each one of us right now. So would you be willing to ask God right now to reveal to you? Maybe you already know. He's already told you. Is there an area of your life where envy is in charge? For some of you, it's a relationship. There's a sibling, a friend, a spouse, a parent, a coach, somebody. You've been comparing to them and competing with them. They don't even know it. But you've been striving for that. Some of you, maybe it's some environment you're in. You're just striving and going after, whether it's at school or work or some team. Hopefully it's not at home. What is it for you? You've been following the wind instead of following Jesus. Tell him now. Heavenly Father, you're hearing our prayers. God, we don't want to chase. We don't want to keep going after it. God, give us the boldness and the courage to stay in our lane, to get in our lane. God, to be content, to be good with who you made us to be and how you made us and how you wired us. God, I know without a doubt room full of people. If every one of us stays in our lane, God, so much will be accomplished for your kingdom. So many lives will be transformed and changed, especially, God, those who are closest to us. So, God, each of us right now declare to you, and I encourage you to say this in your spirit right now before the Lord, envy. You're not in charge of me. God, that's our prayer. God, give us the boldness to live it out. In Jesus' name we We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.